Little honey bees flying around, little green peas from the ground, buttermilk biscuits nice and brown. Bring it to Tennessee farm table, butter beans, peas, beets and chard, chickens running in the yard, catfish frying in that lard. Bring it to Tennessee farm table, cast on skillets, good and hot, watch it steam and crack and pop, cornbread bacon in that stove. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Pick them maters, good and ripe. Drop in black gang candy stripes. Look at them loading down those vines. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Welcome to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast, a show that is dedicated to the people of the state of Tennessee who produce, prepare, and preserve food and agriculture, often with that Mountain South Appalachian flair. And on occasion, I just might have a guest from our neighbors from surrounding states here in the Southeast. This is your hostess and producer, Amy Campbell. The theme song that you just heard was sung and produced by East Tennessee's own Emmy Sunshine. She's from Madisonville, Tennessee. And today we are setting the table with slow food, food that takes time to grow and prepare. It just tastes so much better than what a friend of mine's grandmother used to call that old go food. Our guests today are Sarah Bush from Slow Food Tennessee Valley, Rachel McCroskey of Four Daughters Farm of Wallen, Tennessee, and Josh Lowens with his wife Megan's recipe for cornbread salad. Sarah will tell us about the international organization called Slow Food and the Tennessee Valley chapter of this organization. And Rachel McCroskey, who is a young farmer, will let us know about her family farm called Four Daughters Farm and the way they farm. And Josh Lowens is also a farmer, forager, and what I call a man of the woods. He works for Salubrious Farms in Wallen, Tennessee, and he'll walk us through how to make cornbread salad. With the tomatoes in season right now, it's the best time of the year to enjoy cornbread salad. I also have some news about an upcoming event called Appalachian Homecoming. It takes place the first weekend of August with a whole big bunch of farmers and chefs talking about modern Appalachian cuisine and farming. And if you're listening by radio broadcast, I've got some beautiful music in the program today by Vince Gill and slide guitarist Tom Britt. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and I enjoy your good company, and I really appreciate you listening. Let's first join Sarah Bush and have her describe the work of the international organization, Slow Food, and the work of Slow Food Tennessee Valley Chapter. Slow Food Tennessee Valley and Rachel McCroskey will both be presenting during the educational portion of the weekend event, Appalachian Homecoming at Dancing Bear Lodge in Appalachian Bistro. And as I mentioned, it takes place the first weekend of August. So here is Sarah. We're talking today about slow food. For folks that don't know what slow food is, the organization. Will you explain what it is and how it got started? Certainly. Yeah. Slow Food 
is an international grassroots organization that started in um, in Italy. It started with a protest because a McDonald's franchise was slated to be put in next to the Spanish Steps in Rome in 1986. And Carlo Petrini is sort of like the grandfather of slow food and some other, I guess, gastronomes you would call them, got together and they had a protest against the McDonald's. They didn't throw things or break things. They actually served penne to the crowd and to the tourists and everyone that was around. And they chanted, we want slow food, not fast food. So the threat of that McDonald's coming in to their historic, you know, location in their city um, was enough to sort of make a statement. And then that was 1986. So three years later, the Slow Food Manifesto was signed in Paris. And the first chapter was started. I think the next year Germany joined. And now we have, there are over 160 countries that have chapters. There are over 100 chapters in this country and slow food usa is is the website for initiatives that are going on in the u.s and we are um the tennessee valley chapter so we we don't just encompass tennessee we bleed out into virginia a little bit (laughs) just a little bit but for practical purposes we're saying tennessee but i want to stress that it is not just focused on knoxville our current board has members that live over an hour away Mm -hmm. Um, actually our secretary is actually in chattanooga now so we're wanting to make sure that folks out in the countryside and you know smaller cities feel included so we can help them start their own chapter or just bring them into the fold. The uh, the grant program, yeah, and it was based on a um, a grant that was offered by the Slow Food Nashville chapter uh, to offer money back to the community for mm-hmm. food local re- food related initiatives. So we're really proud to to offer that now. I think it was offered in 2018 and 19. Mm-hmm. Um, this year we'll be awarding the funds that were raised by the Pesto Festo silent auction to three amazing recipients, a thousand dollars each to their project. You know, and people in East Tennessee know how those funds were really put to use in 2019 because one of the grants went to the Blount County Public Library that bought their freezer for their seed library. Mm -hmm. So when all these folks come and donate those seeds, they had a place to freeze them to kill all the bugs and things off the seed. And they really needed that. And that really was helpful. And so they can all share and, and distribute heirloom seed. Mm, seed saving is so important. It is. A library is the perfect place for that. Oh, it is. So the slow food chapters are all over. And what are the, what are the tenets and actions of the organization? The slogan is promoting good, clean, and fair food. And those three words really sum it up. So good is referring to tasty, delicious, nutritious, good for your body, good for your health, good for your taste buds. The sort of food that you want to gather your friends and family around to enjoy together. And clean food, meaning um, grown with care for the environment. So not full of toxins and pesticides and fair food, meaning grown with care for the workers who produce it. 
Um, I would say that animals who help produce it as well, right? We have to be fair to them. And then also um, fair to the consumer to make sure that clean and good food is accessible to all and not just um, the wealthy, you know, and not just like foodies or, you know, people who have to make a point to seek it out, but that it become that food sovereignty is a goal for us so that all folks can access the goodness. (laughs) It's good for their bodies. So... So you were talking about how the Slow Food Tennessee Valley awards grants with income from events that are held. Mm -hmm. And what are some other ways that Slow Food helps with your goals in this community? Yeah, yeah. In addition to supporting producers, educators, restaurateurs, et cetera, through the grant, we have have workshops. We have... um, Over the years, we've done so many kinds of workshops that are ranging from like hands-on food production, like canning or cheese making, um, different kinds of ferments, um, and microgreens, for example. Um, We also have tastings so that people can experience like the local regional terroir of their food. (laughs) And we have had uh, movie screenings that are topics like um, I think Queen of the Sun was about honeybees and regenerative farming and we have lecture series and we have a program called the snail of approval and it's a sticker slash like designation that restaurants and other food food businesses can apply for and it shows the consumer their potential patrons that they support good clean and fair food so we're really excited about that. We're actually in the process of revamping that program and getting input and criteria from other chapters around the country so that tourists passing through the region can look on the website and see where they can go to find food that they feel good about eating. And also so that the chefs and the restaurateurs um, who care about that get the patronship that they deserve because... It, it's really, it's hard to meet the bottom line. Mm-hmm. It's often that local and organic food is more expensive than stuff that comes off the truck. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we really want to make sure that the folks who take care of that for us get patronship. I consider the slow food potluck to be advocacy, for sure. And it actually is the heart and soul of our convivium because it's we gathered around the table at my house to have a local food potluck so the local food potluck means that you bring a dish to share that includes at least one locally sourced ingredient and we started those in 2008 uh, monthly and it's just so exciting to see folks get inspired by their fellow potluckers to like maybe it was really easy in the summer because you can go to the farmer's market and buy all the produce but in the winter Maybe you had like some grain from South Carolina or something and your corn, everybody brought cornbread. (laughs) But those who had candor preserved from the previous season had more to share. And so that would spark the conversation of like, okay, well, how did you flesh out your pantry? Um, And it's just, it's, yeah, it's really inspiring. We we gather around the table and we introduce our dish and share the story behind the local ingredient. So I feel like that's... um, yeah, it's a really fun and delicious community building and awareness tool. Well, Sarah Bush from Slow Food Tennessee Valley, thanks for explaining what Slow Food is and for your advocacy for Slow Food. You're welcome. Thanks for having me on today.
You are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We just heard from Sarah Bush. Sarah serves on the board of Slow Food Tennessee Valley. And as I mentioned, she'll be presenting as part of the Saturday Workshop and Lodge Cast Iron Luncheon during the Appalachian Homecoming event, August 5th, along with Rachel McCroskey. Rachel is co-owner of Four Daughters Farm in Wallen, Tennessee, The community enrichment grant that Sarah just made mention of are all due by July 30th. So that's all on their website with details with that. And I've linked them, Slow Food Tennessee Valley, in my show notes at TennesseeFarmTable.com. And a previous recipient of one of the Slow Food Tennessee Valley community enrichment grants is farmer Rachel McCroskey. Her family's farm is called Four Daughters Farm in Wallen, Tennessee. And here's Rachel right now to tell us more about their farm. I'm so excited about visiting with you today. Rachel McCroskey, co-owner of Four Daughters Farm in Wallen, Tennessee. Thank you so much for making the time to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to talk to you. We're sitting here at the Blount County Public Library. Okay, so what we're going to talk about today is your farm. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited about this. It's in Wallen, Tennessee, mm-hmm. on West Miller's Cove Road. Yes, ma'am. All right. Um, can you tell me a little bit about your background and where you were born and raised? Yeah, so I was born and raised in Maryville, Tennessee. We lived in town in Maryville when I was growing up, but uh, we've had the farm out in Walland. Um, it's been in my family since the late 40s. So, and the majority of my dad's family has always lived out there. So, even though we lived in town, we, we spent a lot of time out on the farm. And I still have a lot of family that lives out there. And um, I've been living out there full time since 2015. Yeah, I have two sets of aunts and uncles that that live, you know, within a mile of our house, and my cousin um, lives on the farm as well, and my sister lives close by now, so it's it's really really awesome to have family close by. Oh, that's so great. Yeah, we are located in Walland on West Miller's Cove Road. Um, like I said, we've had the property; it's been in our family since nineteen the late nineteen forties. My uh, great-grandfather purchased the property and um, he he worked at Alcoa but he like always dreamed of farming full-time and that was you know where his his dreams were and kind of what he was always working towards mm-hmm. so he was really passionate about farming so the land has basically passed down from generation to generation since since he originally purchased it um, it's traditionally been a cattle farm the the name Four Daughters Farm uh, comes from basically the farm being passed down to me and my sister and my two cousins. Um, so that's kind of like where we we got the name from because it's now in our hands to take care of it. So we decided to to name it Four Daughters Farm. Love kind of infuses everything that we do on our farm, and that's kind of the place where we come from in all of our farming activities. So, you know, a love for the land and always wanting to, wanting our farming practices to be regenerative towards the land and uh, sustainable practices. So always trying to, to make the be- the land better than, you know, how it was when we first got it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, 
love and care about each other and want to promote um, you know health and happiness within our family but also within the community as well um, so you know in, infusing all of the things that we make and we create and we produce with love and and then sending that out towards the community as well um, yeah and we we love being able to live out there we're very privileged to have that property to live on and we we don't take that responsibility lightly and love for the lifestyle of getting to live close to nature and being able to grow our own food and and um really feeling fulfilled in the type of work that we're getting to do so that's kind of like the place that we're coming from and where we want what we we want to send out to the rest of the community you know, treating animals humanely and and trying to do things in line with nature is just an important tenet of ours. And I feel like so much of today's food is produced in a way that is inhumane. I think that energy is reflected in the food, you know, that, that ends up on our table. So everything that we do, you know, from the treatment of the animals to, um, you know, our practices, our growing practices, or just how we treat others, we want that, you know, to be as in line with our values as possible. You are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table. We've just heard from farmer Rachel McCroskey, co-owner of her family's farm, Four Daughters Farm in Wallen, Tennessee. And as I may mention, both Slow Food Tennessee Valley and Rachel McCroskey will be part of the Saturday workshop and lodge Cast Iron Luncheon Dancing Bear Lodge in Appalachian Bistro weekend event, Appalachian Homecoming, and the musical talent provided at the lunchtime on that day, August 5th, is 14-year-old talented musician Wyatt Ellis from Maryville, Tennessee. And uh, again, this whole thing takes place the first weekend of August in Townsend, Tennessee, and that's just right down the road from the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. This is a multi-day event, and the Saturday workshop in Lodge cast iron luncheon takes place Saturday morning beginning at 11. This is a ticketed event and there are choices of four different ticket options. More at dancingbearlodge.com. For pictures of my guests, links to all of the things that I have mentioned, and the podcast notes and podcast of the show, all that is at tennesseefarmtable.com. And next, we hear a classic Southern recipe from Josh Lowens. This is actually his wife Megan's recipe. I did not grow up with cornbread salad, and Josh actually introduced me to cornbread salad. Josh is a farmer at Salubrious Farms in Wallen, Tennessee, and here we go. One of my favorite recipes um, that my wife makes and I'll give her all the praises, her cornbread salad, which is also one of my favorite recipes growing up, eating at church potlucks. So, you know, cornbread salad, you you need a half a pan a day old cornbread, all crunched up in the bottom, and you need two or three really ripe tomatoes, a can of pinto beans, some fresh corn, cut it off the cob, and the the layering is the key to cornbread salad. So your, your pinto beans go on top of your cornbread, and then you got to have corn and then you got to have tomatoes and then you make a homemade ranch dressing you don't have to have a it doesn't have to be homemade i suppose but a ranch layer a benton's bacon layer and then cheesier choice on top and 
take it to any party, you always win. And you always have an empty dish. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh, and it's it's pretty too. I mean, I, I, I'm the biggest cornbread fan, you know, of course. So tell me again, start from scratch. Tell me again your things that, what goes in it? What are your ingredients again, if you don't mind? Oh, so um, like a, a half a pan of day-old cornbread crunched up in the bottom which you gotta make it with benton's bacon if you want your cornbread to be the best too and it takes a pound that's my preference you gotta have a pound of bacon to reduce for the amount of grease that i like my cornbread to be in so it's it's a whole pound of grease (laughs) uh and I like Shelton Brothers cornmeal. Is, is a really good one out in Strawberry Plains. My wife, um, she likes, uh, oh, I can't think of the name of it. It's a normal brand. Two Ridges, Three Ridges. Three Rivers. Three Rivers, mm-hmm. yeah. She really likes that cornbread mix, too. Um, but, yeah, a pound of, it, it definitely is a pound of rendered fat to make cornbread to where you really get your edges right. And the grease has to come over on top of everything to be right but, and if it doesn't I, I they're too cakey for me you know but yeah. enough enough lard or enough fat to make sure it spills over the edges um but the the key to cornbread salad at the end is also it needs to set for a couple hours and get a little cold you know oh. that's what i always say and then all the juices of the maters and the, the corn and everything kind of gets into the cornbread and mm-hmm. it gets everything moist and it kind of sets up right and you know, Yummy. make a ranch dip, not a ranch dressing. That's the other key. Oh, not runny. You want not thick. runny, thick. How do you make your ranch dressing? So I like using sour cream and mayonnaise. I mean, mm-hmm. sour cream, mayonnaise, and then ranch is nothing but herbs. So get whatever herbs you want to be or what you have at the time. Um, mm-hmm. Nothing special. I would have thought it's buttermilk. You are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table. We've just heard from Josh Lowens, man of the woods, farmer and forager, mushroom hunter, wooden spoon maker. He is a farmer at Salubrious Farms in Wallen, Tennessee, and he shared his wife Megan's recipe for cornbread salad. I've posted that recipe on my website if you want to copy it, tennesseefarmtable.com. Thank you so much for joining us here today at the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast. It has been an honor to have your good company. We always love to hear from you on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, or through the website, TennesseeFarmTable.com. I'd sure love to hear from you and swap some recipes and stories. Big thanks to Emmy Sunshine of Madisonville, Tennessee for the musical arrangement and singing and recording of our theme song. For updated appearances, schedule, news, and her new recording, connect with Emmy Sunshine at TheEmmySunshine.com. We hope you have a good week and keep on digging. This has been a Campbell Creative Incorporated production.